Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is episode number 45, the Delta Foot Pass incident. This is kind of an interesting uh, uh, case. There have been... uh, many theories and conspiracy theories about the disappearance of nine hikers in the Ural Mountains of Russia back in uh, February of uh, 1959. Although the disposition of the case is still consider unsolved. If you look at the physical physical uh, evidence that was left behind, the case itself isn't really hard to figure out. And what we'll do is we're going to go over some of the facts and then I'm going to point out some specific information that you'll see where I'm going with this. Uh, Back in January 27th of 1959, a group of uh, nine students who were experienced uh, skiers and hikers disappeared in the uh, snowy Ural Mountains of Russia. After not returning, on February 26th of 1959, a search party was sent out to locate the individuals. The individuals were located all deceased. Um, It's interesting because some of the web pages and online sources have it listed as a disappearance, which obviously is not a disappearance because uh, their bodies were recovered. The group of uh, students consisted of uh, seven men and two females. Now, the interesting thing is there, there has been a lot of uh, conspiracy theories, you know. <clears throat> if you look at the scene itself, the tent that they were staying in uh, was damaged. There were cut marks, which investigators indicated that the, the cut or the lacerations into the tent, the cutting through the tent with a knife or sharp object, came from the inside rather than the outside. Uh, there, there is an explanation for that, and uh, we will, we will get to that uh, explanation in, in a couple minutes. Um, I keep turning this this music off, this behind scene music, because for some reason it feels the need to increase its volume uh, every once in a while on its own. Okay, so we have this badly damaged tent, which was cut open from the inside. The tent at the time was also heavily supplied with uh, basic camping gear and food supplies, none of which were 
taken, used. The bodies were randomly found uh, almost a, a mile a distance from the tent to the location with probably as far as the body was found was probably a mile. Others appeared in random areas in between point A and point B. Um, the party, the, the skiing party actually consisted of uh, 10, 10 students at the time. However, um, a day after uh, the skier set out, uh, one of the, one of the uh, students, Yuri Uden, uh, fell ill and returned. Okay, and we're going to go over some information that <clears throat> Uden provided at the uh, interview that he did that has uh, quite a substantial impact on what might have happened. Now, this is where the conspiracy theory started, okay? The bodies themselves, because the, the area has heavily, it's heavily snowed on, I mean, there's continuously snowing in that area, um, <clears throat> avalanches, blizzards, all, all, all the type of natural events that would cover a body. Most of the bodies were uh, found under several feet of snow after a melt. Um, some of the body uh, sustained fractured skull, uh, chest, missing eyes and tongues. Um, the basic analysis was that they had all eventually passed away from uh, hypothermia. Now, the first the first conspiracy theory is that a, a few of the students, not everyone, a couple of the victims had missing eyes and tongue. Well, you know, nothing for nothing, it's soft tissue. That would have been one of the first things to decompose. Second, you have to remember the that area has continuously migrating wildlife through it, which, you know, they need to eat, um, fracture skull, chest, um, think about it this way, um, when you have several feet of wet snow on top of a body, it's going to crush bone, you know, um, cracks, skulls, ribs. So, in essence, the, the injuries were not anything to <clears throat> conclude a conspiracy theory. But let, let's go over some of the conspiracy theories here. Um, and let's try to debunk them. Several of the uh, campers were found or hikers, skiers, were found without shoes. Um, some had very few pieces of clothes, clothes on. So what does that mean? Well, that means that they were 
attempting to escape something or a condition developed that required them to immediately exit the tent or the area, which is more plausible causing them escaping from something, okay? Um, so that can be easily dismissed as a, um, <clears throat> an attempt to um, leave the area quickly, partially dressed because of a either a natural or a man-made event. Um, the damage to the tent, the damage to the tent, it was cut from the out, the inside out, <clears throat> which further suggests the need to quickly exit, escape, whatever one wants to consider the area. Um, I'm just going to add this in there real fast and you'll see <clears throat> later down the road why I'm talking about this. Um, when an individual is experiencing confusion or dementia type behavior, it's not uncommon for them to forget where the front door window is. <clears throat> believing that there is a necessity to cut their, their way out of the tent to escape. Um, the, the supplies were there, they were intact. Um, so it basically tells you that there no one was after supplies, it, uh, the place wasn't raided. Uh, <clears throat> so with that being the case, again, you, you're looking at something that had occurred that required them or possibly have put them and you'll see where I'm going with this in a case of confusion or, or psychological dementia which caused them to cut their way out of the tent to escape some type of situation some type of uh, occurrence at, at the site <clears throat> now of course we have the of bullshit uh, they were attacked by Bigfoot um, they actually reported that there was a picture of a, one of the hikers with Bigfoot standing behind them well let's cut let's cut this one right down one there is no such thing as Bigfoot or Yeti uh, doesn't exist the uh, photograph of a Bigfoot standing behind one of the hikers <clears throat> under forensic uh Magnification. It was discovered that the the Bigfoot was actually one of the hikers wearing a um, a fur a fur hat. So you can throw that one the hell out too. Uh, it was reported that the hikers in the log reported seeing lights in the sky, and they had a picture on one of the cameras. This is an important fact. I don't want you to forget this part. Um, There was also um, the theory of avalanches <clears throat> or possible movement of snow slabs. Um, the problem is the I believe that the, the site was 
on a 12 degree pitch, it usually takes over 30 degrees to uh, create a uh, <clears throat> snow slab movement or uh, avalanche. So uh, take that I take that out of the, the equation, and I, and I am going somewhere with this. Um, a piece of uh, aluminum, uh, a metal which was based at a part of a fragment of aluminum was found there with a it, it was um, metal but it had uh, an aluminum alloy which at that time uh, was used to manufacture um, <coughs> ballistical missiles in Russia at the time um, two of the hikers are clothes uh, had been found to uh, emit radiation. Uh, however, this has no impact on the case because these two students worked at a nuclear uh, facility, which explains that. Okay, so what didn't we talk about? What's, what are the real facts that we didn't talk about here? You know, it's all nice to make up these hocus-pocus <clears throat> bullshit stories and conspiracy theories and all this crap, but the fact is that the, the hikers left on January 27th. Uh, Yuri Yoden returned on the 28th. However, here's a significant significant point. A search party was sent out about two weeks later on February 26th. Remember, February 26th. Okay? I believe that the actual date should have been the search party was sent out on the 21st. <clears throat> the remains were found on the 26th. So let's clarify that because this is this is always messed up in these, uh, these on, online... Uh, articles and shit. Um, search party was sent out on the 21st. Bodies found on the 26th. These two days are important. 21st, February 26th. You'll see where I'm going with this. <clears throat> During a later interview with uh, Yuri Yoden, <clears throat> Yoden uh, made two specific comments that caught my attention. One, he said that a pair of military boots were found on the location when he was asked to review the <clears throat> inventory list years later. Well, Newton had been the individual that had stocked all the supplies for the trip. And Newton denies that any of the hikers, skiers, <clears throat> were in possession of any type of military clothing or boots. Okay? So now we have military boots, piece of metal, aluminum alloy, Way out in the middle of no man's land, 
type of metal used that the Russians used at the time to um, manufacture ballistical missiles. One of the key points that Newton made that was actually the, <clears throat> the missing piece of the puzzle was that he had viewed the bodies upon them returning. Okay, so the conspiracy theorists and the Russian government failed to tell people that two of the bodies' skin were orange. So what does that mean? Well, what that means quite simply is chemical burn. Okay, it is not a, a normal color found prior or after death. It is not a color found during the decomposition process. It suggests a chemical burn. So just remember, a piece of ballistical missile, military boots that were not found at the site that were not part of the initial inventory. So now we have the possibility of some type of chemical testing, maybe. Maybe it wasn't a test. Maybe it was. they were testing on a group of people to see what would happen. That's where your confusion and dementia comes in. You know, um, there was a report that one of the cameras had photographs of a bright light in, in the sky. Uh, let's try maybe a, an explosion of a, a ballistical missile. Flash. Loud explosion. You know, depositing a chemical, some type of chemical, which caused confusion, dementia, people in the tent, under confusion and dementia, cut their way out because they don't realize where the door is, half dressed because of confusion, fear, confusion. And they start running every which way but loose with no clothes on. They eventually pass away from hypothermia to the individuals. Their tongue, eyes <clears throat> missing either due to natural uh, decomposition or an animal feeding, feeding on it. Okay, so you see where I'm going with this? The snow that had accumulated on the bodies, regardless of it was an avalanche, blizzard, uh, slab movement, is not a part of the incident. It may have occurred that it all of this had may have occurred after it, but it was not part of the incident. So there's another theory you could just throw out. 
uh, abducted by aliens. I don't know who came up with that one. Um, but it was interesting, and I'm just going to bring in. I had watched um, on Discovery Channel. I had watched uh, Josh Gates. Uh, who I find to be, out of all the scientific shows, he does Expedition, Expedition X. Uh, he's a archaeologist out of uh, Tuff University. Um, I, I find him to be very credible. Um, thinks like I do. Uh, he was with um, Mike Skabicki. A world explorer. I don't know where these people make these titles from, but it was interesting. So this is Discovery Channel. This is on Expedition. Uh, Expedition Unknown, I think it was. It was on a Tuesday. I, I remember it distinctly. So, you know, Josh Gates is going over all this stuff, and, you know, Josh Gates excludes Bigfoot, Yeti, whatever you want, and um, Skabicki goes along with it, yeah, 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 <clears throat> the next day, the Discovery Channel, without looking at what they just put out the day before, puts our world explorer, Mike Skabicki, <clears throat> hunting for Yeti, blood in the snow, okay, you know what, where do these people come from, really? I mean, Jesus, you know, you know what, you're agreeing, the day before you're agreeing that Yeti doesn't exist, and, and now to, you know, promote your own misleading falsehoods, you're searching for uh, <clears throat> Yeti, blood in the snow. Although I have to admit, I will admit, the only one good thing about that, although when I was watching it, I was rolling my eyes, um, the girl that was with you. Not bad. That's the only good thing you ever did. Um, so, so now we have all of this this information, and I'm gonna. I, I don't want to be redundant about it, but let's face it: pictures of flash in the sky, ballistical missile going off, ballistical missile, military moves in to clean up the mess. Okay. While they're, they're attempting to do counter, um, you know, counter the incident or collateral damage, as we call it, somebody leaves a set of boots there, military boots, that the uh, Yoden identifies. Yoden identif also identifies two of the bodies having uh, chemical burns. That's not put in any of the reports. And I actually, after listening to about 25 of his interviews, I caught that. I don't think a lot of people caught that, but I caught it. Um, the undressed bodies, the cutting of the, the cutting of the tent, explosion, chemical deposit creates confusion, dementia. Let's cut our way out of the tent and get the hell out of here, half dressed or not. And this is what we do to get the hell out of there. Okay. Uh, the injuries to the body are, bodies are nothing abnormal. So, I don't, uh, I, I wouldn't take any of that under, under consider, uh, you know, it, 
that doesn't mean anything. The, injur the injuries are supported by the simple fact they died of hypothermia. And <clears throat> the crushed bones, this and that, came from a later effect after snow and probably heavy wet snow was put on the bodies, crushing rib cage skulls, uh, missing eyes and tongue, uh, either soft tissue um, deterioration or they were eaten by something. Um, now this is where you're going to get the, oh my God, this is was a military setup. Okay, our hikers go hiking on January 27th, 59. Yoden returns on January 28th. On February 21st, the search party is sent out. 21st, bodies are found on the 26th. Well, about a year ago, two documents were discovered uh, from the <clears throat> lead investigator of the case, which were sent to the chief prosecutor. Um, that on February 6th, February 6th of 1959, <clears throat> that the Soviet government was already aware that they, the hikers were deceased. Okay. Another letter on February 15th, 1959, also describes the lead investigators of, it says that he is en route to the location of where the hikers were found. So the government knew on the 6th that the hikers were already deceased. The lead investigator on the 15th sends a letter to the chief prosecutor saying, hey, I'll go check it out to see what happened. However, the Russian government says that the, <clears throat> the search team was sent out on the 21st, bodies found on the 26th. See what I'm saying here? So the Delta Pass was not a... It was not a natural occurrence. Um, it had nothing to do nature-related, environmental-related. Uh, the campsite was basically hit by a ballistical missile carrying chemical agents. The government was aware of it. Was it a premeditated strike? I, I hate to be the bad guy in, in this uh Yeah, it was probably a, a, a premeditated strike or test, whichever one wants to consider it. Uh, these two documents support that fact. Uh, Yuri Newton's uh, statements support the information, the physical evidence, the military shoes, the uh, the ballistical, the metal, the ballistical uh, fragment. 
which was used to manufacture the um, ballistical missiles at the time, proved that it was nothing more than, uh, you know, unfortunately to say, it was nothing but a, uh, a chemical agent test that went wrong. Well, we consider it went wrong, but if it had been premeditated, it actually went right. So, so the next time somebody starts giving you this horse crap about the Delta Pass and it's a big mystery and this and that and the other thing, you know, <clears throat> it was the same thing when I found uh, the individual who actually gave me a state statement um, years ago about a uh, 71 and a 73 uh, disappearance of two white females in Vernon. Um, yeah, 50-something years later, I was able to figure out by this person who was on scene at both the disappearance and the homicide who the uh, primary suspect was, unfortunately. At that time, he was deceased. Uh, <clears throat> this this case right here is no big... It's not mind-boggling. It's, it's uh, you know, I think there's 75 known conspiracy theories and, you know, how people get up in the morning and you think of some of this stuff, I, I don't know. But um, <clears throat> this is not a, uh, this is not the, one of the great mysteries of the world. It's very simple. All you got to do is put the pieces of the puzzle together. And um, unfortunately, that's how it goes. But, uh, and the, the final, those two letters, those two documents, <clears throat> basically just put the icing on the cake. They support everything that has already been known. When you put the pieces of the... You see, here's a, here's a problem. You have 500 pieces to a puzzle. You can stick them all different ways and they eventually will fit and you'll get this very... <clears throat> weird-looking mass on the table. But when you put... The, pieces of the puzzle together the right way, you get a puzzle or a picture. That's just like this case. You just put the pieces right where they belong and you get your picture. You come up with bullshit conspiracy theories, you have a table full of uh, puzzle parts. And like I said on that note, this is uh, episode number 45, the Delta Pass. I am Michael C. Bouchard, the host and originator of the uh, Night Stalker podcast. This is episode 45. I will see you the next episode. I'm not sure what that's going to be yet. Um, just remember, if you're in a dark place and you hear footsteps behind you, the first question you got to ask yourself is, what the hell am I doing here? And where's the nearest door? And if you can't find either one, well, I guess you're on your own. Until then, I'll see you later.